Welcome to the Gaining Momentum Podcast with your hosts, Abby and Megan. This is the podcast where we try our best to parent our kids for the world we want them to grow up in and the world we live in now. Welcome back, Gaining Momentum community. We're so happy that you're here. And Abby, I'm so happy that you're here. It's great to see you. How are things going this week? Things are going pretty well. I had my first session with a new counselor and I'm really excited about it. I'm feeling hopeful. I'm feeling capable. I'm feeling like I'm going to be able to replenish my like coping and resiliency toolkit. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, That's amazing. That's like the best intro one could hope for about somebody's week. That's, and also so refreshing. Cause I think like we've, we haven't been in that space as much in like the last several weeks with everything that's going on. So oh, that's yeah. what, that gives me hope to hear you say that. Ah, how are you this week? I'm okay. I feel like I'm, I don't want to bring down your vibe. So <laughs> <laughs> are we going to know Kendrick Lamar? Don't kill my vibe. Yeah. A hundred percent. Uh, I'm not going to kill your vibe. You're your, where you're at is making me hopeful. I, it's been a tough week just with lots of stuff going on. So Mm -hmm. I know that relief might be around the corner and I'm set to connect with my own counselor next week. So (laughs) it'll be a, hopefully a cup filling, uh, reset for sure. Yeah. I feel like that's an image I've been keeping in my mind a lot lately. The image of like refilling my cup. Totally. Totally. I say it all the time. I'm like, fill that cup because like, it's going to get there's a hole in it often. <laughs> I know. I feel like I need to work on filling my cup before it's empty. Yes. Oh, I love that. That's like somebody like, let's get Catherine Couch in here and make some art. That reflects <laughs> that. I feel like that's very, um, yeah, that's very reflective of like preventative noticing of when we are empty or getting yeah. toward empty because empty is crisis often. Exactly. Exactly. Empty is often it's, you've got nothing left in the tank. Obviously that's what empty means. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Let's get literal. <laughs> dictionary defines empty as <laughs> we love a dictionary, uh, but you know, like one cup filling thing, honestly, like I'm leaning so hard on like entertainment lately because oh, there's just sure. like not a lot going on. So like, we're just doing lots of TV, lots of series, mm-hmm. lots of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Encanto's been big. Yes. Oh my God. We don't talk <laughs> about Bruno. No, we don't. We, except for we do all the time, like all the time, like, like it's, literally all the time. That's the running soundtrack <laughs> in my head. Like someone can be talking to me, like you're talking to me right now, but really all I'm thinking is we don't talk about Bruno. No, 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 no. Nice, we don't it. talk about Bruno. This is into video <laughs> medium, but I just want everyone to know that I was just shimmying really hard. <laughs> so great. I love yeah, it. It's, it's so great. It's the whole, it's the light of January. hundred percent. Actually, I know it didn't come out in January. My kids saw it in the theater, like way back, probably in like December or yeah, November. And but... it hit Disney plus like right around like the end of December. Yeah. So for me, it's been a January vibe. Cause I didn't see it that first round. They went with grandparents. Um, and we've been like rewatching over and over again. Um, yeah. And everybody like, it's the new, let it go. Like we don't talk about mm-hmm. Bruno is the biggest Disney song since let it go. Totally. It's uh, it, uh, yeah. Like I get it. It's catchy as hell <laughs> and such a great story. So lovely. Yeah. And it takes place in Colombia. So shout mm-hmm. out to my sister-in-law and my niece. Nice. Yeah. That's amazing. What else are you guys watching? Um, we are, we're not watching, but we're listening a mm. lot. We're back on the brains on train, nice. um, at dinner, listening to the mystery extravagant mystery sound extravaganzas. Oh, I'm writing that down. 
Yeah. So like once a year they put out a mystery sound extravaganza. So it's just like kids will send in sounds and then the, you have to guess what it is and then they'll tell you what it is. And like the archive goes back to like 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. And like, we've listened to them all before, but now we're doing it again. Cause like, we don't have memories anymore. Everything's no, just in and out. So yeah. like sometimes like we'll hear it and be like, this is crazy. What could this be? And then we'll hear the answer. We're like, oh yeah, I remember that answer, but I don't remember this sound. Right. It's Velcro. <laughs> Every time I'm like, it's Velcro. It's 100% Velcro. <laughs> so like that's been fun. And we're back on the DJ, DJ dinners as well. Nice. That's good. These are all like mood lifters. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Um, and what else are we doing after dinner lately, actually for like, I'd say every night for maybe the past like week and a half, mm-hmm. we've been doing games before my kids bedtime. Nice. That's amazing. Yeah. So we've so been getting playing. away from TV and screens and doing other stuff. Yeah. Not intentionally, but yeah, yeah we've been playing your kid actually would love this. Um, your youngest mm-hmm. would love, we've been playing dinosaur memory. Ooh, nice. I think we have a game like that. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And like one set of cards is like the skeleton and the we other have this one's game. Like, yes. Oh, it's great. And I'm learning so much. Yeah. And then you have to match this, the skeleton to the dinosaur, right? Yes, exactly. So it's like memory, but it's also matching like strip shapes and stuff. Yeah. Cool. And now like my kid will be like, like we won't help him anymore for when he flips it over. He has to be able to figure out what it is. So mm-hmm. he'll flip it over and he's like Ankylosaurus. And I'm like, there's so many dinosaurs I've never heard of like Parasaurolophus. Oh, Oh, nice. Well done. You nailed that. Parasaurolophosis, isn't it? That's um, probably wrong. That's probably wrong. I think it just ends in sus, but I oh, don't know. Okay. Par- but is it Parasaur? Anyway, now I'm like getting into Harry Potter territory where it's like Wingardium Leviosa, not Wingardium Leviosa. Leviosa. <laughs> <laughs> where are our four-year-olds when we need them? Seriously. But yeah, that's what we've been doing. What else nice. have you guys been doing? What have you been oh, watching? We're- we're strictly screen oriented folks these days. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just kidding. We definitely, we're like, you know, we, we definitely love games and stuff too, but I'm just, we're finding like burnout is real. And so we're doing a lot of screen time, which I'm just going to own. There is literally no shame in that, Meg. I'm going to own it big time. We are standards for like the little one. Like now that Blippy is on Netflix, there's, <laughs> yeah. been, a, there's been a Blippy resurgence. Cause my yeah. kid was like really into Blippy like a year ago. And then just like, you know, like we kind of tried to get off YouTube because we were finding it wasn't working for us. It was like creating lots of behavior stuff. Mm. So we've like moved more into like just streaming platforms like Prime and and Netflix and stuff and Disney. Um, but now Blippi's like on Netflix. Yeah. So, okay. Wild, wild thing is, and I want to, I want to crowdsource on this. I feel like it's a different Blippi. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. That's like it's like statement. the character, but it's like, and the kids are like, we think it's a different guy. Like they're like, <laughs> they're like t- tuned in, not the little one, but my older son is like, who like pretends to like not care about Blippi, but is interested <laughs> in knowing what happened here. But like everybody cares about Blippi. Blippi and Brain Candy TV What's are up? the two main, fr- the two mainstays in our household. Like those have been totally. for years now, which is wild because my child's only four, but like for yeah. years, Blippi and Brain Candy TV are like go-tos, like yeah. comfort food, comfort watching. Yeah, like, it's amazing. Can't get enough of them. Well, speaking of which, Interestingly enough, we have more to say about Brain Candy TV, don't we? We absolutely do. Today's topic is children's educational entertainment. And just for context, why were we interested in exploring children's educational content? Where did that come from? Well, besides the fact that it is all up in our faces all over the time with our (laughs) own kids and what we're Mm -hmm. consuming with them, I am also working on my first children's book. Woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> with the awesome illustrator, Catherine Katia, whose Amazing. name you may recognize as being the person who created our podcast logo. 
And who I already name dropped earlier in this intro. Yeah, exactly. This is the <laughs> Catherine Katia podcast. <laughs> <laughs> She'll love that. But yeah, so I'm really excited about it. And mm-hmm. we have two amazing guests, one of whom is Michael from Brain Candy TV and the other children's book author, Monique Pereira. So stay tuned. community. We are absolutely thrilled to welcome our guest, Michael, to the pod. Michael is the creator, animator, and narrator of Brain Candy TV, a series of entertaining educational videos for children. Brain Candy TV has been, to call it a fixture in our households, might be underselling it, but it's been a fixture in our households for at least the last two years, and our children still can't get enough of it. Brain Candy TV has taught them everything from colors, counting, color mixing patterns, and addition and subtraction, to how airplanes work, shapes, about the solar system, and all about ultra-class hall tracks. And if we're being <laughs> honest, I did not know anything about ultra-class hall tracks before, so you have also taught <laughs> me that as well. Me too. Michael, welcome to Gaining Momentum. Thank you for being here and chatting with us. Great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is truly very exciting. We were talking before we came on the mic, just it's a little bit like having a celebrity because of where our kids are at and their development and their love of the work that you put out in the world. Um, So we just have to know, like just right to start out, how did you get started with this? Like, how did you start creating Brain Candy TV? Yeah, so about, uh, I guess it was about eight years ago, I started the show. And uh, at the time I'd been doing wedding photography, portrait photography for about 13 years. And I was really looking for a change in my career, you know, something a little bit different. And uh, at this, at the time, I was also doing a little bit of um, volunteer work for an educational charity, doing a little bit of video production and animation for them and sure. really enjoying that. So I ended up reaching out to a career counselor and she, uh, she really helped me kind of focus in on, you know, what my re- like real passions are and, um, you know, where I kind of wanted to focus my new career uh, opportunities. And yeah, so that's, that was really helpful for me to see like what I wanted to do. And uh, we ended up just focusing on, on two main things, education and video. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, now what do I do with that? I didn't know (laughs) where to go. And like, what do I try to like join like a, like a studio or something, but um, like actually about a week later, uh, I was talking to a friend. He's like, Hey, like my buddy's like putting up, you know, really simple, like educational videos with his kid on YouTube. And he's making, you know, pretty, pretty good, uh, you know, money from that. I was like, Mm. Oh my God, like, this is perfect. This is like, this like major epiphany (laughs) moment for me, this huge light bulb goes off. And like, I just start coming up with all these ideas. I'm like, Oh, I could, you know, use my cute little dog in the videos and I could do (laughs) cool animation and make it like really fun and exciting. And I was up to like two o'clock in the morning, just like jotting down all these ideas. And I was like, okay. I'm like, so I said to my wife that night, I'm like, this is like, remember this day. Cause this is like a big change yeah. mm-hmm. in, in my future and my career. And it was like, yeah, it was a, it was a really exciting day for me to, and then, yeah. So I just kind of, I spent the next two years really kind of learning all this new software and animation mm-hmm. and kind mm-hmm. of teaching myself online. And ironically, I'm, I was using YouTube to learn how to make <laughs> videos for YouTube and like, <laughs> as, as my new career. So um, yeah, so it was a couple of years later, I, you know, working like really long hours, just kind of plugging away at this and mm-hmm. finally went full time uh, with Brain Candy on YouTube. So that's amazing. And you answered a question that I had burning in my brain, just in terms of like, 
your skills, like I, you know, so much of what you do is so creative and there's clearly like a very strong, like animation skill set in the work. And mm-hmm. so it sounds like that sounds like it was a skill that you kind of had to learn and, or like deepen within the work that you were doing. And it's really cool. That sort of ecosystem of um, YouTube is like yeah. both where you're putting out you know, your content in the world and also um, learning how to do that. That's a, that's really interesting and, and cool. It's kind of inspiring if there's anyone out there who, you know, wants to mm-hmm. put, put out creative work and want, and also is maybe being stopped because they're thinking, I don't know how to do that. Or there's a way, there's always a way to learn. Yeah. And, and the, the amazing thing about it nowadays is if you have a real passion and, you know, even if you have a small community, that's like really passionate about that, that topic, you know, you can, you know, you can make a pretty good, uh, you know, side job or even full-time career, you know, sharing that passion with with other like-minded people. And yeah, it's, it's a pretty exciting time to, to be in the, the, you know, this field. Absolutely. And I like how you're talking about educating yourself in order to create education and entertainment for children. So how do you balance in the creative process? How do you balance the educational and entertainment components of what you do? Yeah, so for me, like the, the primary focus is is the educational side of it. So like my main goal with, it, with the show was to really kind of get kids excited about learning from an early age. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had this vision of, you know, my little viewers, they, you know, they get, they get to preschool or, or you know, kindergarten and uh, they wow their teachers with their amazing, you know, knowledge and, you know, mm-hmm. even like preschool stuff in, you know, science and math. And, and then that kind of, you know, just kind of gives them that, that great head start where they, they have that self-confidence and that knowledge to, you know, do well in early school. And then that kind of mm-hmm. goes on in, into the rest of their education and, and their lives. And, you know, really inspires like a, a desire for, for knowledge and for, you know, for curiosity of, of learning how things work. And mm-hmm. so I kind of try to incorporate that into some of my videos as well. But at the same time, you know, if it's just more boring pictures like yeah. static on screen, you know, it's, it's not as effective. So I really try to balance that, like you said, with, you know, with exciting visuals. So I have like the action packed monster trucks and yeah. dump trucks mm-hmm. and, and the little cute little animals. So, fan favorite over know. here. Yeah. The yeah. monster truck is big fan favorite. <laughs> So I'm always trying to think like when I was a kid, you know, what did I love to do? What did I love mm-hmm. to play with? And mm-hmm. I try to incorporate that into, uh, you know, the, the concepts as well. So, yeah, it's really, it's really fascinating to you because I think for my, in my experience anyway, with my, my one, my youngest, because of those other components that you layer in like mm-hmm. the monster truck or like, you know, the futuristic, like. Tesla truck, whatever, you know, whatever it is that's like being um, put in that video, he doesn't even realize that what he's actually doing is learning academic yeah. content. Mm-hmm. Um, he's there for the monster truck or he's there for the dinosaurs. Those are also big, big, uh, <laughs> big hits. He is like passively taking in letters or numbers or whatever that other piece of the puzzle is. So I think that's, that's pretty remarkable. And I'm interested to know, like you, you talked a little bit off the top about the first time you had the idea and you went on like this kind of binge of, you know, all these like flowing ideas that came out of you. Um, Has that continued to be your creative process or now that you've been doing this for a little bit, um, what is your creative process? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it is a little bit different now because I have a huge, I don't know, I probably have like 50 video ideas on my to-do list. So mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's trying to decide which one I want to do next. And, you know, I'm, I'm slowly trying to transition into, you know, uh, you know, some more advanced topics as, as I go along, but cool. so I have a, a few different, you know, series, as you've probably seen, like the Megatruck mm-hmm. alphabet, where, yep. mm-hmm. you know, we explore different environments to find things that start with the letter or the vehicle assembly pieces where yep. I put a little bit more of the engineering sort of stuff with yes. the hydraulics and how engines work and all that. 
Yeah, so it kind of really comes down to like, what topic do I want to cover that time? And then I could try to, you know, kind of visualize all the, the, the fun, you know, action packed stuff I can kind of use to, to get those, those points across. So I, I, I do have a, just to, to clarify, I did have a bit of a background in multimedia. I went to school for that, but that was, you know, way before that was like back in 2000. So I was, you know, obviously really rusty, all the software had changed and everything. <laughs> um, so I did have to relearn a lot of that, but part of the the process too, is always just kind of changing my, my skill set. you know, learning new mm-hmm. software. Recently, I, I've changed, changed over to a whole new animation system uh, oh, to do cool. real-time rendering. And, and it's, it's, it's fun for me because I'm always trying to push myself and try to find new, you know, ways of visually showing things. And, you know, it's given me all these new opportunities and it's been a lot of fun to play with. And especially from like a photographer perspective, it's almost like, you know, photography, like with God mode enabled where you can like change the sky, change where the sun is and change all your lights and put all the characters wherever you want. And it's kind of like this like little sandbox where you can kind of set everything up. And it's, it's a really fun process. Yeah. And I think like, that's like kids take that for like, you know, they see your video and then I've noticed like my kid will be in his literal sandbox and be setting up like the diverse toys or whatever in particular ways. And I can hear him like almost like talking through that play in a way where he's being informed by like the environments that you're creating. Um, and it's like, you know, it's perpetuating his creativity and his own play and, and that kind of stuff. So I think maybe that's one of the unintended impacts, but it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, my child does the same where after he watches a bunch of brain candy TV videos, then he'll be like, mom, can we play brain candy TV? So like one of his favorite things, like when he learned about patterns that just like blew his mind. So then he would get his cars and trucks and he'd be like, okay, truck, car, car, truck, car, car. And then he'd be like, okay, mom, now it's your turn. You need to make a pattern. So it's like really cool how sitting down and watching your videos, he's just taking it with him through the rest of his life. Could you make a pattern, Abby? Were you able to do that? Could you <laughs> that I could do. I didn't know as much about airplanes as I thought though. I will, I will admit yeah. that. Yeah, I ended up learning a lot about it too. When I, you know, I, I like to do a, quite a bit of research to make sure I get all my facts straight and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And yeah, it was a, it was an educational process for myself as well. Yeah, I was wondering that. It's just like your yeah. breadth of like base knowledge. I know it's like supposed to be at a preschool level, but still, I'm always impressed because I'm like, this this must taken have taken some actual research to like know what what is a hydraulic. How does it? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you have like a mechanical background, that would be new information for me. As it, I've been learning on the go with my son. <laughs> Yeah, and it's and it's amazing too to hear from parents like they'll say like you know they're they're two two year old kid who's like everywhere they go they're telling people how you know engines work or hydraulics yes. work and then yes. people are just like whoa what is this like party trick genius <laughs> kid here yes my son can definitely it's tell really you how awesome. to put together an excavator yeah can't, can't use a fork mind but he can definitely tell you what hydraulic is <laughs> absolutely. Awesome. So we're talking a little bit about Megan and my children and some of the things that they're learning, but what do you love most about your experience of being the creator behind Brain Candy TV? I think for me, the, the most uh, exciting part about it is, is just the, uh, just the feeling that I'm creating something valuable. Um, you know, I, I love my previous job, you know, making people happy with beautiful wedding images and stuff, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to do something that just kind of had a, like a lasting impact that could, you know, influence kids and you know get them excited about learning and all that stuff just hearing the feedback from from parents who are all around the world about how it's helping their kids with you know their speech development if they're having you know speech delays and all these things and yeah just creating something that that has that lasting impact uh, kind of like a legacy thing was was really uh really exciting for me legacy that's a great word for it because yeah like you know we're coming to it 
just in the last couple of years as our children age in, but then everybody else's kids will age into it and it will continue on. And it's really cool because these are, this is information that children will need to know. Like they'll need to know their colors. They'll need to know their alphabets. Like it's not going to be outdated or, you know, obsolete at some point. So it's really cool. I like that word legacy for it. Thanks. I do too. And it's like, you know, with the um, moment that we live in where like a lot of folks have moved away from having like cable TV or like access to traditional like programming mediums, um, YouTube and, um, you know, other like streaming platforms have become kind of the mainstream where folks head to provide learning content for their kids. So mm-hmm. I was thinking yeah. about it the other day, your, your stuff is almost like my kids Sesame street. Mm-hmm. Like he's not actually <laughs> super familiar with Sesame street, which seems like so main mainstream and like everybody knows Sesame street, but we don't have ever the channel yeah. is that they now play that on. So like your legacy is that like, you're like, in the YouTube and, you know, media era that we live in, you're the new Sesame street. Yeah. Which is That's, pretty profound actually. It's kind of mm-hmm. scary to think like just some guy like plugging away on his home computer, it's like <laughs> that same kind of power is, is, is Sesame street to shape, you know, young minds. And, and it's something that I take very, you know, seriously, obviously like, you know, I'm not nearly, you know, that bigger or anything, but, um, but just to know that, you know, what you do has a big, like they'll, they'll repeat exactly verbatim what you do. And if you, you know, have some, you know, some things with like a negative aspect mm-hmm. in your video, you know, something that could encourage, you know, bad behavior, um, you know, that can, that can really affect kids. So it's something I'm always trying to put little things in like, you know, we're, you know, we're always like trying to help people or, you know, like if the monster truck falls over, we help it kind of come mm-hmm. up and I was in like sharing a little bit. So I'm always trying to be in con- you know, cognizant of that uh, impact on, on uh, my little viewers. So yeah. And Thank it you. sounds like that's a, you know, that's a big responsibility and can be a challenge. Is there anything that you beyond that um, responsibility find, find challenging in this work? One of the big things for kids producers is just the um, like, because of the social media aspect, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a lot more difficult because we don't have, you know, the, the engagement, you know, they're not commenting and liking mm-hmm. and sharing mm-hmm. and stuff. So right. we're kind of beholden a bit to the YouTube algorithm mm-hmm. uh, in that sense, but um, it's uh yeah. So like we kind of have to rely on, on the parents uh, to, you know, kind of do that for them. Um, and there was a big thing a couple of years ago where they, they cut a lot of our ability to, you know, um, to have comments on our videos, um, to do notifications and all that. Uh, I don't know if you heard about the big COPPA uh, lawsuit and stuff about YouTube, but um, it ended up cutting it. Uh, um, revenue of all kids content by like 75 percent and they removed all these features so it has been a little bit of a challenge but um especially for you know newcomers to to get uh, started on youtube but um but uh, yeah other than that it's 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 more about you know it's just kind of up to us to produce as good quality content as we can so that you know youtube realizes hey people are liking this and they watch Mm -hmm. it and and then they share it that way and we also, sorry, go ahead, Meg. I was just going to ask quickly while we're on this. And was that like that, that piece of legislation or whatever it was that changed, was that about safety? Like, did they think that that was a safety mechanism in, in making that adjustment? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. I think what, what the, what the um, problem was, was they were, they were using uh, like previous viewing history, like to track, to do um, mm. like targeted ads. Gotcha. Um, but I guess there's like a law that they can't track children's viewing. Right. Habits. Okay. I remember this then, now. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. but to me, like, it seems like you'd want to target like kids in your, for your ads so that it's like more kid appropriate. Like you don't want to show mm-hmm. the mortgage ads or whatever, or like something <laughs> like casinos or whatever. Yeah. Though you're never too young to learn about mortgages. Yeah. Okay, no, for sure. yeah See our last episode on financial literacy. Episode, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, we, I was trying to think this whole time. I'm like, how did we come to Brain Candy TV? I think we found it on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah. And I'm on prime video, I think is where we came to it. And then went to YouTube from there. Cause we were like, we need more. We need to see everything. <laughs> and what I love about it being on prime or it being on YouTube and being able to just like watch it in chunks is that I feel totally fine. If I have to leave the room knowing that mm-hmm. my kid's going to be okay. And like, honestly, probably learn more than if I stay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for babysitting our kids. We really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to help, especially during the pandemic, right? Anyone, yes. like everybody needs a little bit of a break. So. Yes, exactly. No so we know our kids are big fans and I'm sure you hear from a lot of kids. What is the best piece of feedback that you've received from a fan of Brain Candy TV? Uh, it's, it's really tough to you know pin, pinpoint a, a specific one, but for me, like I, I just feel special whenever anybody reaches out because especially with you can't comment anything so they have to come they have to go and they have to find my email they have to go write me you know take the time to do that so that's always really meaningful for me but I think the biggest one for me would be um, the the feedback from parents of uh, children with autism mm. this, this show really seems to resonate uh, with with that community I, I hear from you know parents where they're, they're just gushing about how uh, you know, their, their kid was, you know, really struggling with their speech development and they're, mm-hmm. you're in therapy to try to develop that. But then they start watching my show and a couple of weeks later, they're, they're, they're talking and their, their, wow. their vocabulary is, is, is exploding and, and they're being more expressive and, and it's just like, just really hits, you know, the heart mm. just to know that, you know, yeah. my little show can have such an impact and, and even, even heard from speech language therapists about how, you know, well-structured the show is for, for developing speech and, mm-hmm. wow. and that that's uh really, really rewarding to hear that kind of the feedback and, and even, you know, just the more general, uh, you know, feedback about how like their two-year-old knows their ABCs, their, mm-hmm. their numbers, their shapes, even all the planets of the solar system mm-hmm. at two yeah. years old. And like their parents probably didn't even memorize all the planets. Anymore, <laughs> oh, but, for sure not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. That's really cool. Speaking of feedback, my child wanted to leave you a little bit of feedback as well, since sure. I wouldn't let him come on the podcast himself. <laughs> so here's a little message from my child. I love brain candy. No, I, I, I love the most one is the multiplication. Did he did say multiplication? multiplication? He sure did. He said uh, the one I like the most is multiplication. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah, I want to so- know that this child is for. for the record. <laughs> yeah, I was that- surprised. because I was like, what do you want to say to Michael? And then he thought, what do you want to say? That is so cool. It's almost like bringing a tear to my eye here. Like that's, you know, that's one of the, the things that, you know, I, I would love to do is like remove that stigma about math and science. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I kind of want to go a little bit more in the future with the STEM topics. And, you know, you know, you always hear when you're a kid, oh, math and, and, and science are hard or they're boring or whatever. And but when you when you get it and when you like, you know, you, you start to absorb like the, the really cool like stuff about space and, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and you know, how the, the biology works and stuff. It's so cool if you can just find a way to present it in a way that's not just, you know, some graphs and charts. And so that's been my next kind of big step forward is to really kind of you know, encourage that, uh, that love of, of science mm-hmm. and, uh, in math. That's amazing. Well, I know that our families will definitely be watching. Um, we're super excited when there's new, st- new content, no pressure, no pressure though. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on <laughs> Yeah. It's really just been a pleasure to get to talk to you and hear about your journey. Um, and I just want to thank you for, you know, the good stuff that you're, you're putting out in, in a world that can be saturated with stuff that's like not so good sometimes. Mm-hmm. So Thank you so much. I'm I'm really happy to 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 help in that way. And 
Yeah, like, you know, like you said, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that's kind of mindless entertainment on YouTube. And I, I remember going through at the beginning, seeing like all the Kinder Egg surprise things. Oh, yeah. And like, Unboxing. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. And they're like two years old. They could be like their little minds are like little sponges. They could Absolutely. be absorbing like such good moral lessons or, or you know, learning their, their fundamentals and all this stuff instead of just, you know, watching toy unboxing. So yeah, like, yeah. this is what I wanted to put out there. So hopefully people will, you know, get some value out of it. Yeah. And I said it in the beginning, um, before we jumped on, onto recording, but like talking to you is like, and knowing that his mom would be talking to you is a level of excitement that my child has as, <laughs> as I did as a child for new kids on the block. So thank you for being my child's Jonathan Knight. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm happy to. <laughs> So now it's time for our momentum shout out. Abby, you saw something cool this week. What was going on? I was picking up my kid from his daycare, which shout out to daycare workers everywhere. We no are in awe of you. And I happened to get there at the same time as another parent who was picking up their child after their child's first day of daycare. Oh, wow. Big monumental moment. Yeah. So it was a really sweet moment just getting to watch like the reunion that happened and the like way this, this parent threaded the needle of like, being excited to see their kid and accepting their kid's excitement, but also like validating their experience of the day and not just mm -hmm. being like, yeah, let's go home. But also being like, oh, you must've had a great day and you're so lucky mm -hmm. you get to be here and just making it really exciting and validating on both sides. So shout out to that parent. Yeah. Okay. So we are psyched to introduce our guests for this portion of the episode, Monique Pereira. Monique is a children's book author who wrote the bilingual story, Mirai Mantra et Recontra, show and tell. In addition to writing children's educational books, she's also a parent to three kids. So Monique, welcome to Gaining Momentum. Thank you so much. What a beautiful intro. Thank you. Welcome, Monique. <laughs> We're happy to have you. Yes. Happy to be here. And Abby, you nailed that French there. Oh yeah, my yes. heart was racing, guys. My heart was racing. It was good. It was good. Don't worry about it. That's why I do what I do. It's all about education, right? So totally. Just totally. don't tell my French teachers. I wasn't in French version, but I did take French from kindergarten to like first year university. It shows. It shows. <laughs> Um, well, that's amazing. And just like, we, I want to just dive right in speaking about what you do and why you do what you do. We would love to hear about what got you started writing children's books. Yeah, for sure. So I've actually been writing for, I always have to think back about like how old I actually am, but I would <laughs> say for like a solid 20 years, probably more. Wow. Amazing. But this was the first time that I actually decided to publish something. So that mm -hmm. was kind of like the big thing for me because um, in all honesty, I don't know anything about like the publishing world. So, and actually it's funny because a lot of people have asked me, you should have like recorded or, you know, give us the backstory, how, how you got to where you are, because in all honesty, it was just learning as I go. I didn't know anything about publishing. The other reason um, that I actually didn't publish anything is because I can't draw at all, <laughs> like, at all. even my stick figures, people would be like, <laughs> what is that what is <laughs> what is she trying to do here so basically the only reason that I have like this first book published and out and about is uh because of my sister uh she went to school with the illustrator from this book so Chantal Pichet 
Amazing. Went to school, uh, was in the same class as my sister. And my sister said, you should check out her Instagram page. And even though I didn't see anything that I wanted in this book, from her Instagram page, I could tell right away, yes, this is exactly mm-hmm. who I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And what happened is that I approached her, I uh, slid in her DMs. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, you know, this is my idea. I've written quite a few books, um, but I actually really want to publish this book about allergies to help spread awareness for those who have food allergies, Mm -hmm. um, help them understand how to use an EpiPen. And uh, she loved the concept and everything like that. Once we chatted that same night, she sent me basically illustrations for the entire book. Oh my goodness. Wow. It's amazing. And I'm like, and when I looked at them, I'm like, she's in my head. (laughs) but like can actually draw this is perfect yeah that's kismet for sure it's like like a really big sign can you say her name again Chantal Pichet I will say it many many times because she deserves all that credit exactly people um you know reach out to her for their projects as well because she is amazing to work with and so talented like even though like (laughs) Um, I was working with her and she'd ask me, you know, do I need to make changes to anything? And Mm -hmm. any changes that I would bring up was like, you know, I I prefer red to blue or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing crucial or like critical or anything like that. And uh, it was just every time that I would look at her work, I'm still in awe. I'm Mm -hmm. like, do you understand how good you are? Like, it can't just be me (laughs) (laughs) telling you, you know, that you're amazing. So Chantal Pichet, she's the illustrator yeah amazing phenomenal yeah. <laughs> shout out to Chantal nice work big time bon travail. yeah, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> French love it <laughs> so as you mentioned your story tells the it's about a girl teaching her class about her peanut allergy so how yeah. did you balance doing making educational and entertaining so I've uh I kind of grew up with Robert Munch um big up to Robert Munch yeah yes like I was trying to channel my like inner Munch mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was writing it and at the same time because what I loved about Munch as well is that he's so good at giving uh like morals to the story or giving mm-hmm. some sort of educational piece without kids feeling like oh I just you know spent 15 minutes listening to the story about blah, 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 blah. But the fact mm-hmm. that they can tell you what the story is about, yes. it's like he mastered that engagement. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, he's just, it, it was just like a constant like teaching thing, right? Yes. So you're entertained with the story. The story has some, you know, educational pieces in it or what have you, right? Um, you're, you're learning mm-hmm. about somebody's culture or whatever it is. Like there's just so many different avenues with that. So I thought, you know, what, is a concept that like most kids, they, they give their attention to not really knowing that mm-hmm. um, they might take something away from that. And I right. remember it's show and tell, you'd always have mm. to do this presentation. And it was such a big thing for, especially people who are scared to yeah. uh, present in front of people, right? So um, the other thing too, especially with my daughter, the fact that it's a it's a girl that mm-hmm. is kind of like the the primary person in this book I I like that as well because growing up most of the times a lot of the stories that I was exposed to it was always a boy or a man or somebody was like the primary you know even mm-hmm. the author actually was yeah. usually male right so I really wanted to kind of have this book stand out for all those different reasons subtly yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. 
right? So have this girl be confident in herself and explain um, that she has this allergy. Because the other thing too, is that there's this whole stigma about people with allergies are, um, they don't know how to communicate that. So mm. they just walk around with their EpiPen all the time, just hoping mm-hmm. that they don't need to use it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just like, yeah, it was like a lot of things going on um, with this story. And I said, you know what? I don't want to wait any longer. It needs to be out there. I, yeah. I it needs to be available for kids, especially. And the reason that I wrote it the way that I wrote it is because I know that it's going to be a lot of probably even as young as like, I'd say 12 or so picking up this book, reading it to somebody younger. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be sure that everybody who read this book was going to take something away from it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether For it's sure. a parent, whether it's an aunt, uncle, uh, sibling, right. Everybody would be like, Oh, I didn't know that about, you know, how you should hold the EpiPen, for yep. example. That was my takeaway. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. There you go. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I had yeah. an EpiPen. So you taught me something, which is <laughs> tells me whoever, when I had an EpiPen, they did not teach me well. I was like, who gave you an EpiPen and didn't teach you how to use it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness. So that's amazing. I, I love hearing that, that people are taking things away from the book. So mm-hmm. that's amazing. I, I feel like that's a win for me. Check mark. <laughs> yeah, definite win. And it's like, you know, it, it sounds like the most, some of the most successful, um, like children's education, um, content are pieces that do kind of, um, disguise that learning is, is happening. Um, yeah, you know, that exactly. are, and then yeah. all the other little nuggets that you just mentioned, you know, like yeah. who is the protagonist? Who's, yes. uh, what are the messages that are showing up? Um, you know, with, with what you're doing in subtle ways. So yeah. like that, even like, what do her classmates look like? What does her yeah. teacher look like? Exactly. Yeah, I love, I love that about the story. Exactly. It was just like, it was like, not like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like diversity was very apparent in the classroom, yeah. but it wasn't part yeah. of the story. Right. Exactly. Like, it's just, it's just, normalized. it was just life. Because, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I, I'm yeah. getting a good sense of like, what your pro- a little bit about your process and how you're thinking about the book. I'm interested to hear more about that process. How did you yeah. decide to sort of make it a bilingual book? And yeah, um, that's anything a great else? Question. Like your creative <laughs> process when you're like outlining that story and thinking about like For the sure. pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, beautiful. Be- uh, I love that you asked that because, in all honesty, it kind of happened uh, again. I had written the story in English, mm-hmm. knowing that originally when I say knowing. So originally I had wrote it in English because I wanted to do two books. I wanted to launch two books at the same time. I wanted Mm -hmm. to uh, have a fully English book and then a fully French book. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when I was talking to my husband about it and everything like that, um, he's like, well, why don't you just put it together? And I'm like, (laughs) why you gotta ask hard questions? You're "You're not the creative genius here, (laughs) but But my answer at the time was whenever I had seen a bilingual book, I didn't like the layout. I didn't Mm -hmm. like how, um, because, okay, the thing too with the two languages that I chose to write it in, French and English, most of the time in French, it takes at least three more words Mm -hmm. to um, express yourself from whatever was happening in English, right? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of trying to figure out the layout, you know, you're going to have all these extra words on this page because of the French, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. So it was like, well, I guess originally it it didn't ever, like the the thought never crossed my mind to make it a bilingual book because 
that's kind of like what I had in the back of my mind at all times. But then Mm -hmm. when I Mm -hmm. thought about it, I said, you know what? (laughs) I'm writing it. I'm the one who's going to be putting this out there. So Mm -hmm. whatever's not worked for me in the past with bilingual books, I can just fix that. Yes. And (laughs) And then, and then I have this really, like, it's already unique in itself, but now it's even that much more unique, um, and helping people as well with that other language. Because the other thing too, is that the feedback that I was getting from a lot of, um, English parents was that I love the fact that like the translation is already there for me. So I can help my kid with their French homework in the sense that like, Mm -hmm. you know, what does this mean, mommy? Well, it's right here. (laughs) Parents like the confidence of the parents as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, or the tutor, whoever is helping, um, you know, read the book. So I really like that as well. I just, yeah, that's kind of how it ended up being bilingual. It's Mm -hmm. that my husband challenged me, like, make it bilingual, basically. Like, why wouldn't you just do that instead of two separate books? So yeah, I love being challenged. I love a challenge. So I made it work. And when it came out the way that it did, I was just so happy. Like, wow, this is what I made. Um, (laughs) Yeah, like, actually, I did an unboxing video. Uh, It's on YouTube as well. And my reaction that like is true like you can't make that up I, like a lot of people were like wow I felt like you were about to cry I'm like I was holding back because it all kind of hit me at once mm-hmm. like I made this and mm-hmm. despite everything like the full-time job or the pandemic is is yeah. actually when I wrote it and remember that time you have three kids yeah <laughs> oh yeah and that too uh yeah <laughs> casual so, no big deal yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. And it speaks a lot to accessibility too, right? Like just that, you know, this is for, it's, this is for everyone. And I, I, you know, obviously like there's lots of folks speak lots of different languages in their homes, but um, even just like that nod to like, we uh, access and like, you know, different ways that people can take in information. And as a parent of kids that are, well, a kid that is in French immersion, who is not a strong French speaker, I wish all of my kids books actually had that dual uh, language translation, especially. I'm working on. on it, girlfriend. Don't worry, Good. I'm working. I got, I got more in the works. <laughs> it's super helpful as a parent who's like French skills are not strong, like to yeah. understand what I'm at. Cause like, you know, with an early reader, even like, it, you know, in, in like the early elementary grades, yeah. it's, it is difficult to like, know, like what, what is the story about? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I've had a lot of uh, parents as well who are kind of in your shoes in that sense that tell me that whenever they would get uh, French homework, mm-hmm. uh, that they would just have, you know, some translating thing right next to totally. them and they're just like ready. Google okay. Translate. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right there, you know, readily accessible for them. So um, yeah, I kind of took that out, that piece yeah. mm-hmm. out. Like they don't nice. have to. And then not only that, I found as well that a lot of times that they're Googling it, mm-hmm. I, it's kind of like, it's is not it correct. translating the right thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's like, rarely. Eh. you're like getting the ish version. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're about. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So at least it takes that full guesswork um, out for mm-hmm. those parents, right? They know um, I am bilingual. So I know for sure that it makes mm-hmm. sense in both mm-hmm. languages. I can, I can at least tell you guys it, for certain it makes sense <laughs> in both languages. <laughs> Well, and you also mentioned that you love being challenged, but I want to know what else did you love most about writing a children's book? I really liked 
that I, I got to kind of just relive that whole kid aspect again. Like I, mm-hmm. I had to put myself in those shoes again, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, would it be interesting? Would it be engaging? And at the time that I wrote it, my kids were super young. So the fact mm-hmm. that like I had a two-year-old kind of proof listen yeah. to, yes. to the material and they were so engaged. I'm like, okay, if I can get this two-year-old to sit through this entire seven minutes, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, I think I have something here. This is this is gold. <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. Okay, totally. We're good. We're good. I'm on the right track. So um, it was more so, I guess, to answer your question, the challenge was really to test the engagement, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to know, would this be engaging? Because I read a lot to my kids. And in mm-hmm. general, I, I read a lot. But actually, that didn't start until I was 30. Uh, I didn't, Mm. I had never read a full book, not even like your Nancy Drew series or your, (laughs) not even babysitters club, (laughs) nothing, definitely not babysitters club. Oh my God. You've got a whole back catalog available to you (laughs) in the whole world. Now I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm like, that had a lot of pages (laughs) and no pictures. So my whole thing is that if it didn't have pictures, I didn't read it. So basically the only thing that like I grew up reading were Archie comics and I only started reading Munch when I was a daycare supervisor mm-hmm. and a kid came up to me and was like, Oh, madam, can you read this to me? And I'm like, I don't really do reading, but I guess since you asked me, I kind of have no choice. So <laughs> what was funny is that the first book that they gave me, it was the, the French version of um, the class clown. So I don't mm. know if you've read that, no, that book, that but, but what was funny to me is keep in mind, I never really read <laughs> anything uh maybe some Winnie the Pooh stories here and there but yeah like like an adult book or like even like a chapter book or anything like that kids related I didn't read anything Mm -hmm. so um I'm probably about 18 at this point where I first read like where I'm first introduced to Munch okay Mm -hmm. so I get this book it was called Le Buffon de la Claus right away I didn't even know what Buffon was but then I had remembered seeing the book somewhere else right but not as Le Buffon de la Claus so I'm like okay let me just start reading and see how it goes the expressions and Mm -hmm. you know like the extra spit sounds and all sorts of things I'm like I like this yeah (laughs) yeah much is so fun where I could kind of be myself with a book it was so like I don't know. I was just like, what, what, what? I'm like, what's going on here? Who is this author? And then from there, that's when I read his over 50 plus, you know, catalog of books. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm like, the way that he wrote it and the way that I'm reading it where it, it was just so like natural, you know, I just mm-hmm. was like, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and, ooh, yeah. and you know, so <laughs> expressive. It yeah. was so expressive. And then later in life, about five years after that, when I heard Munch read his own book because mm-hmm. he has like recordings of whatever mm-hmm. I'm like that's exactly how I read it I'm yeah like, this yeah. is all meant to be you know so love that love that so uh I wanted to also um instill that love of learning to my own kids because I feel like every single one of my siblings um except for my sister who was born way later so I actually started reading to her mm-hmm everybody other than my sister we're just like not big readers and I Mm -hmm. think that's what it was is that my parents didn't really care to read to us or you know anything like that it was more so if you wanted to be a reader or writer or anything like that you kind of have to go you know do your own research and your own like investigation stuff like that 
that. So Mariah specifically, my eldest, um, I read to her when she, she was in the womb. So yeah. she was, she had books in her hand from the moment she mm-hmm. was born and you know, she reads really well right now. She's like I said, only six or maybe I didn't say it yet, but she's yeah. only six <laughs> and um, yeah, she can read no problem. You yeah, give her French, French or English book and she'll read it to you. So I love that. She reads to the, to her brothers. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that takes a little bit of time off of me as well. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. That works. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love um that you're sort of like, obviously you're a little ahead of the curve now at this point, cause you're talking about like sort of your introduction to literature and like kids literature being around 18, but you're kind of in some ways doing that together as a family. Yeah. And then you've yeah. taken it to this other place where now you're like, you're so inspired by that process that you're creating content in such an amazing exactly. way. Yeah, exactly. I wonder like thinking about the book, I'm sure it's had a lot of impact. Um, based yes. on, you know, what it's about and its reach and all the things we've been talking about. I'm, I'm curious to hear what is sort of like a piece of feedback or response that really sticks out for you that maybe you've heard from somebody who is engaged with the book? Uh, that's a really good question. I have to think about that. Oh, actually, it's from my own child. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So my my son. Um, okay. So for those who haven't really read the book, um, it's about it's my daughter basically explaining um how to use an EpiPen and kind of when to use it. But mm-hmm. I didn't I, I left a lot of things out on purpose because mm-hmm. I wanted to create a dialogue with the book. Okay. So for example, my sons, um, they always say, Oh mama, you can't have peanuts because you're a girl. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what makes you say that? Even though I already know (laughs) where it's coming from. And then, oh, because of the book that you read, you know, girls have allergies. Mm. And so I love that because it opens up that dialogue and that conversation. Mm. Um, And the fact that they're thinking of those kind of questions, you know, that they will retain the answer because mm-hmm. they ask the question. Mm-hmm. So they want to know the answer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I, you know, have to have the conversation about it's not just girls that have allergies. Mm-hmm. Boys also could have allergies. But then because they're two boys and not just one boy, it's like, well, all the boys that I know don't have allergies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it kind of yeah. just keeps that that conversation going well you know not everybody talks about it and the reasons that maybe they don't talk about it and so it kind of just gives them those extra tools where now my boys um instead of just offering food they might actually think twice and ask their you know the boy's parents or something like that can I give this to yeah you know uh somebody else because maybe they have allergies so the fact that like my little four-year-olds are running around asking people do you have allergies do you yeah. know yeah. are do you have an EpiPen because <laughs> <laughs> I know how to use one yeah, <laughs> yeah you Definitely. know so it's so good it's so I'm not calling it. Speaking I'm not of which, <laughs> well we'll just ask you one last question what are you working yeah. on now what's what's up next Actually, um, so I have the full Mariah series uh, kind of ready to go, Um, but I had somebody else approach me about kind of empowering children um, to like, it's kind of about like building a strong immune system for kids and giving them the power to do that themselves. They don't have Mm -hmm. to look, you know, towards an adult uh, to say, 
why exactly do I need eight hours of sleep? Or they can still go ask mm. the questions and stuff like that. So now I'm trying to get this, this other series that I've been working on, um, out about like mental health and mm, physical nice. health, well-being mm-hmm. and everything like that. Amazing. So I'm really excited about that one. Actually, I'm hoping to keep the whole bilingual theme going but um we'll see at the end of the day any book that I write whatever language that I actually publish it in Mm -hmm. I will definitely get it you know translated or you know Mm -hmm. in whatever other language that people are asking for so that's kind of where I'm at even with uh the the Mirai book that's currently out Mm -hmm. um I've had a lot of people ask me for it in Spanish so um, I'm like okay let me work on that as well Mm -hmm. um but as you all know I have so many things in the fire right now (laughs) yes you can't just pop that translation out like (laughs) you would think right you would think that but uh yeah so that's kind of what I'm working on right now um is the series about health you know healthy living healthy living for kids kind of thing right so yeah awesome thank you so much for sharing with us I'm currently working on my first children's picture book so it's like really I'm learning so much from you and I'm feeling really inspired by everything you've had to say oh I love that I can't wait to see whatever it is that you produce because I'm sure it'll be amazing (laughs) I'm sure I'm not working on any books, but I'm excited for the content you're putting out so that I can use them to get my kids to go to bed at night and health and well-being. Yes. Yeah. The illustrator I'm working with is our podcast designer, Catherine Caccia. So I want to give you the chance to say your illustrator's name a couple more times as well. Oh, amazing. Chantal Piché. Chantal Piché. (laughs) And we'll put a link to her Instagram as well as to Monique's for this episode. Beautiful. Thank you guys so much. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) And now let's pause for momentum. The joy of learning. Alphabet colors, math galore, bursting to share something new, learning, enjoying, reveling. So much joy, so much wonder. Choose your own adventure, paint a picture, create a story of what the world is like. Read between the lines. There's so much to discover. Imagination knows no bounds. Fling the doors wide open. Let the knowledge journey begin. We acknowledge that Gaining Momentum is recorded, produced, and edited on the unceded territory of the Selic Okanagan people and the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe, Enina, Oji Cree, Dena, and Dakota peoples, and on the homeland of the Metis Nation. Gaining Momentum. Gaining with artwork by Catherine Katja. With music by Evan Dysart. Please check our show notes with each episode for more information on Catherine and Evan, plus how you can stay in touch with us through email, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you.